All right, everyone. Are you ready to play Dungeons and Dragons? <sighs> Yay! Yay! I'm so ready. <laughs> that was a forlorn. It was a deep breath, dramatic pause. Getting the character. You, you didn't all hear it, but we all went. <gasps> <gasps> yeah! 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 Energy. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Reckless Attack, a Dungeons and Dragons actual play fifth edition podcast. My name is Nathan, and I am the evil conniving dungeon master for this group. And yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah, that's that's only from the podcast. Take a bow. They don't do that other times, which is <laughs> now I feel retroactively very sad and a little alone or something. But then my work here is done. Yeah, but I will soldier on for the sake of Dungeons and Dragons. Again, I am Nathan. I'm the Dungeon Master. Sitting to my right today is... Hello, everyone. My name is Steve. I am the resident pun master. Yeah. So, get ready for those. I am playing... Mm, Selv Asterlin, uh, dragonborn monk from the Bingjuzi Monastery. Hello, I am David, and I play Kaskarin Brightmane, the dwarven warlock, who has just woken up from a very relaxing nap. Yes, nothing at all happened during said nap. I don't know if it was particularly relaxing. Checkers is waking up lightly singed. But also, if we're just going around the table, I'll go ahead and go next. <laughs> and also, I'm Jonathan. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hello. Uh, my name is Jonathan, and tonight I will be playing the frog druid Checkers and his trusty frog pal Mango. Tonight and most nights? Most, most nights, I assume, yes. I'll be playing the same character. Who's to say, you know? Unless we switch it up somehow. Or I murder you. Your character. I remember the character. Yeah. Well, once again, we have to mention your outfit for uh, oh, yes. this evening is a nice frog hat. Yep. It was wonderful to be in character. <laughs> this is this is just how I prepare for role playing. Is just put put weird hats on. But that's all for me, folks. And finally, we have. Hi, I'm Sophie, and I didn't say my name weird this time. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of episodes ahead, Sophie. That's very so tr- very you can true. really explore <laughs> the space. Mm-hmm. I play Valeska, the Arcana Domain Cleric. She and Sophie, myself, were very excited about her angry librarian spirit guardians that did a murder. Yeah, that was, they were... Um, overdue. A lot. Overdue. <laughs> they were a lot. As I, I remembered that from our, our previous campaign, those are a real pain in the butt, and I'm going to have to really figure out how to ruin the fun so I can increase my own fun. Fun is a zero-sum game here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's a maximum amount of fun, and I will be the one having it. So last time, speaking of, was a nice little first session, I would say. Got to go right into it. A hot start, as they call it, in the business. So you wandered into this cave. You didn't really remember exactly how you got there, but you do remember that you were supposed to be there. You're like, yeah, this is right. And... After a lot of high-pitched screeching, clanging on shields, casting of things, and punching of things, the heroes emerged quite victorious. There was a lot of running around, a lot of punching, all that good thing. And as the combat wound down, you guys slowly started to wake up. One of the last things you guys saw first was the face of your guild patron, Arlen Brushbarrel, who is a gnome 
Um, and the thing that I was going to do was, as Checkers is waking up from this sleep, the first thing he would say as he feels like a foot on his head, he's like, Mango, how many times did I tell you not to put your feet on people's head while they're sleeping? A regular problem, that? It is. <laughs> it happens surprisingly often when you have such sticky feet. Ah, yes. Just one, one foul move, and they're just there for the rest so, of the night. So Checkers is just going to prepare to like reach up to grab this presumably fairly sticky foot off of his head and surprise is it not mango's foot uh, it is definitely not mango's foot okay no uh, at that point he's like what uh, it is just a bare humanoid foot and as you look up upon realizing wait a second this is not a familiar large frog foot right this is a different foot you see a another pair of eyes kind of looking down a torso at you kind of quizzical and confused and you actually also recognize that these pair of eyes after a moment uh, as you're kind of coming to and waking up these are the eyes of elian renfall and he serves as assistant to arlen Brushbarrel. as you see this pair of eyes and everyone else kind of realizes that the hand and or foot that still remained attached to them gets pulled off kind of startled he gets up and kind of retracts his hands squeamishly and you guys all remember that's right. We are here in the guild hall of the Golden Tree. You guys all re- remembered that this was a training exercise. You had undergone several of these over the course of your months of training in the uh, Golden Tree. And this is a power that Elian has as a Somnumancer, which is a dream magician. Yes, sir. So he can make us dream things and they feel real to us. Exactly. Usually through physical touch, that's pretty much all you've seen him do. One, that's awesome. Two, just like in the simulations. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. And again, you guys had gone through this exercise several times. Again, pretty much each time you know you're going in and you all lay around in this kind of weird, almost four-pointed arrangement and have a hand or foot upon you. Uh, I don't know. You guys can decide whether it is you draw lots as to who gets the foot or whether some of you i'm um, looking at the frog man is like i'm i'm fine with the foot right. yeah i'm fine with that yeah this is uh, nothing new <laughs> and that's that's up to you guys as characters to decide that mango's always in the middle because he's the one elian has to lay over right. yeah <laughs> yes exactly i also just want to quickly set this a little bit more because mango is a fairly like he's like a four foot tall sort of oblong shaped green tree frog yeah so he's about the same size as a regular humanoid but just a very very large frog and on the back of him is presumably he usually has a saddle on but given that he probably just woken up he doesn't have that right now so it's just sort of this large floppy tree frog just hanging out in the center of the four of us with elliot laying on top no it was actually and it was actually to clarify, Mango was laying on top of him. Oh, okay. So that that poor man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't great. That's why part of the reason why you then touching his foot was both like not the worst thing because he's actively experiencing something bad, but was still just like a little bit of icing on the kind of gross cake. But you guys have done this several times, so he's probably gotten used to this arrangement as much as someone can for this sort of a thing. I'm just imagining that Elian's probably waking up mostly covered in like yeah. light amounts of slime yeah okay it's no good it's again he does not have a shirt on you guys are not even wearing your armor or anything like that though you still feel as if you have gone through a combat you are still wearing we'll say even whatever i guess we'll have a, a moment of character building what are your pajamas what do your characters sleep in 
Val would sleep in a very practical, like, mandarin collar tunic. That's probably, like, her one stylistic choice would be, would be very nice light blue. Mmm, that's a fun... Like, kind of, not quite like periwinkle, a little bit more towards the purple side. Getting into the color theory yeah, here of you this. know. But, so I'd probably, like, probably, if it's hot out, like a sleeveless one, but then she has a long sleeve version, and just, like, straight flowy pants. Checkers doesn't have pajamas? Yep, I was worried you were going to say that. <laughs> Specifically worried that you were going to say that. Yeah. Well, so Checkers doesn't necessarily need to change for this. He would be wearing his long fur cloak and his big leather kilt, and he would just plop right down and go to sleep in that. Like, he wouldn't bother changing. The only thing he might do is take off his hat, which is just a traditional, like, tricorn black hat, and just put that somewhere else. But realistically, he's like, well, going to bed. Yep. Plop right over. <laughs> and I'm sure all of those clothes are in the finest conditions and very nice. Oh, yeah. What about you two? Selv has basically three different outfits. He's got his formal gi, his travel gi, and his sleeping gi. <laughs> <laughs> they are all very similar to the layperson. Would not, probably not notice a difference really between the three. But to Selv, there is a huge difference. But they are mostly red and gold colored with varying, each one has a different amount of, of red versus gold. So one is just, it's like a mostly red top and bottom, but he's got a, a small like sash on that's gold. Or it could be like, you know, the top is gold and the bottom's red. So are these the exact same thing, just different color combinations? They're, they're basically different color combinations, <laughs> but yeah, pretty much exactly the same thing. Like so, someone just used the paint drop tool in like exactly. uh, in Photoshop? But like for more formal occasions, it would be more gold. For less formal occasions, it's more red. I get that. That's just uh, excellent. So Kaskarin is actually wearing a brown pair of pants, but he has a very thick rope tied to his waist. And then about two feet away, there is a spike that has been impaled into the ground and the rope is latched to it. And when he wakes up, he's like, double checks that the rope is still there. <laughs> um, excellent. Are you afraid to earth glide? No. Yeah. <laughs> or or he's God, afraid yes. he's going to float away. <laughs> well, everyone, I am extremely pleased to say that was your last training. And he says, uh, well, please gather, gather your things, gather your things. Uh, come, come over here. There's a meal. Uh, let's let's discuss uh, final final steps and what you're gonna do with the rest of your day. And he pads over again. He's just this little gnome dude. He sounds like he already knows what we're gonna be doing for the rest of the day. Yeah, I was gonna say he sounds a little too excited for us to just go nap it off. Well, <laughs> if there's food, I'm in. So excellent. And you guys all follow, I presume, as you put your gear on and you know grab your your bags and all that kind of stuff. And he leads you into the next room, which is just kind of a nice little, we'll say dining room. It's a, you know, kind of a nice wide table. It is filled with all kinds of your essentially medieval version of continental breakfast food items. Uh, a lot of baked goods, a couple cold meats, that kind of stuff. Hearty, but, you know, nothing overly fancy. Uh, yes. Question for, for the table. How, like, close do we think we are at this point? It's been a couple months and we've done a couple of these dream battles before. I would say we're pretty comfortable with each other. Because I'm thinking we've, because we've done this so many times before, there'd be like this almost routine or, or dance almost and getting our stuff on and like yeah, cool. getting continental breakfast where like, you know, 
we have to stop Mango from eating like everything at the breakfast. I will say Mango's probably uh, standard operating procedure would be to sit next to Kaskarin, actually, and just sort of lay his head down on Kaskarin's lap and just look at him <laughs> and just look at the food that Cass is eating <laughs> and look back at Cass and just do that for like the whole time. I love it. Is the is the modus operandi or the goal, is that to just get him to like Dionysus style feed you things while you are reclined upon him? Or what's the, no, 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 what's the strategy? Yeah. Checker, Checkers is just like sitting on like on all fours on top of the chair and just like grabbing food and shoving it in his face. But Mango's not supposed to eat human food. Got so, it, got it, so got he's it, just got like it. begging from I, Cass. Yeah, I also I also imagine every time Cass looks away, there's like a <laughs> it's like something else disappears from the plate. So everybody just assumes Kaskarin eats a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Mango, don't tell your dad. I just like slip him a bit of muffin, slice of bacon. Four eggs, <laughs> another slice of bacon. I just have a whole plate and I just like jump over the side of the table. And you just <laughs> it's a froggish morgue. Froggish morgue? Frog, froggish? Well, we'll, we'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. So you guys go through your uh, your now kind of familiar and hopefully comforting routine. And again, Arlen is kind of busying around. You can tell he has a little bit of extra pep in his step today. And he uh, get, gets his usual bran muffin, uh, singular bran muffin, uh, that he puts in the middle of a plate and just kind of uh, picks at, you know, like a, a, a using his long spindly gnomish fingers and just kind of nibbles at a little bit at a time. So would, would you say this period while we're eating would be a short rest type period? Yeah, yes, yes, it would. You, you can say that you get your, uh, your nap in now. And he lets you guys eat no problem again, just the kind of usual banter. And at the end, you see that Arlen has had even less of his bran muffin than he usually does, uh, just because his eyes are are all lit up and, and excited. Yes. Can you believe it, guys? That was really the last one. Feels like we've been doing this forever. I know. After this, we're full-fledged adventurers, right? Part of the golden tree? Uh, right? Mostly. Arlen. Mostly, yes. Mostly, yes? M- mo- mostly, definitely, yes. What, what, what's the rest of... What's the... Well, finish, uh, just finish, finish okay, eating. We'll okay, go finish, okay. eating, finish eating. Finish eating. All right, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. <laughs> so at, at that, Checkers is going to continue just like shovel the rest of his food into his face. He's like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> just <laughs> just like unhinges his jaw and just like, oh, I can imagine his like weird frog uh, throat expanding like he's about to rib it, but instead it's just full of muffins. I just drop a whole thing of grapes into Mango's mouth while Checkers is scarfing his food down. Horrifying. What you? It is, it is truly the adventurers who are the monsters all along. <laughs> So he, he, he says, oh, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. So, do I feel comfortable sending you guys out being our new branch, our new representatives in Agmar? Yes, of course. Of course I do. You're some of, of the, the best students I've had in some time. You've done great. You, you work well as a team. You have so much potential and room to grow. But. Well, it's just that we do this little, this little extra thing you know there's this thing so the golden tree part of kind of the initiation i am not getting dunked in honey again no (laughs) no that was just 
tell. That was a lot of fun. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> HR has been notified about your, about certain adventuring parties, pro and con, honey, things. Don't worry. It's all logged. It's We should have asked first. I'm sorry. But, you know, you have to be prepared. Anyway, the, the golden tree just... And he kind of, like, looks very, like, dramatically. Uh, this old, you know, this centuries-old, millennia-old tradition that, you know, I just... I, I think it's nice if we did, too, and all everyone else has done it. it all, all you have to do... Well, you may have noticed that Elian's brother is not among us this morning, uh, and you know that Xanos, who is Elian's twin brother, he is not here with us today. He has been kidnapped, and he waggles his long gnome fingers to the outskirts of the city, and you must recover him. Checkers is going to lean over to Valeska and ask, has he actually been kidnapped? What do you think? <laughs> Vibe check. You can roll an insight check, sure. Uh, wait, <laughs> skill 18. Yeah, of course he hasn't. <laughs> Absolutely he didn't. Valeska leans over and whispers in Checker's ear, the jazz fingers let you know he's lying, and it's like a fun lie. I don't know why humans keep doing that. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is a really layered scene, I'd like to point out, because A, this really implies that, that it is checkers his judgment that there are way too many jazz hands right <laughs> and that's very confusing and it also implies that val took in his question seriously looked over at arlen and was like i think i know the answer but i need to be sure yeah and then was like ha you silly frog <laughs> anyway he no he's definitely not kidnapped and he says yes uh, i'm afraid that Elian's brother, as well as several of the guards that we post around here, have gone missing in the night, in that you will have to go track them down in a mysterious place and rescue them for your trading to be complete. And, and then we can be adventurers, right? And then we will have the full ceremony and you'll be sent on your way. In fact, the, the next caravan is leaving only in a couple days, so... You really should kind of close this out sooner. I, I really should have given you a little more more time. Point is, whoa, help! Of course, Arlen, we will gladly take on this mission to save Xanos and the guards who have been kidnapped. Excellent. And Valeska pointedly oh, looks at everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much, brave adventurers. And now he's like standing on his chair and is like giving his best kind of villager in distress kind of performance. <clears throat> Selv will look over and kind of point to Elian and say, mm, are we sure that's not him? <laughs> he doesn't happen to be your twin, does he? Elian? Arlen? No, Elian and Elian. Elian and Xanos. <laughs> I'm sorry. Damn it. I've made, I've ruined it already. Ah. Xanos and Elian. Elian, the Somnumaster? Is the Somnumancer. Somnumancer. Got it. Our twin. Our twin. And, and they're they half health. They're half health. You guys would also know that Xanos is also a magician. He is a conjurer. Ooh. Not of anything particularly powerful, but you've seen him occasionally grasp something out of thin air. So without really asking for more details, Checkers is going to call out to Mango. All right, Mango, let's get going. And hop out of the room. <laughs> Mango is enjoying some pets from Kaskrin, and then he just shoop. Checkers and Mango are going to uh, leapfrog out of the room. Where are you going? Outside. <laughs> Is there a time limit for this particular test? Well, our 
caravan leaves. Uh, the, ca- the, the caravan is the... A few days? In a few days. But also, he's in great peril, I assume. I think I turned into a Muppet on accident. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the Kermit Muppet flail. <laughs> Arlen, where was Xanos last seen, and where should we start our search? Valeska's really trying to like play into his like villager in distress, where she's trying to really be like, I am an adventurer who will solve this problem. And again, he's saying it very dramatically. Well, last we saw him, he was up in his room and he pointedly looks upstairs to where you guys know on the second floor is where kind of the dormitories are of, of this place. I'll go get checkers. I'll head outside to see if I can catch up to checkers and mango before they get too far. Anything else we should know before we go search for clues? Well, all I can say is just in case he has made it outside of the city walls to dress appropriately for hot temperatures. Will do, Arlen. Thank you for your help and consider this problem solved. We'll bring Xanos back. Lickety split. Thank goodness! And then he just like looks around at you guys and like steps down from his chair and waddles out of the room. <laughs> All right. I'm assuming you're back with checkers. <laughs> Is your you have a regular movement of like thirty? So uh, Twenty five, actually. So we're, we're very slow. What are you? Uh, what are you doing outside? Getting mango ready to travel. So mango traditionally has a large leather saddle with a big barrel of water on the back. So he's just helping to get. You know, he's starting to get that hitched up and ready to go. He's the Saint Bernard tree fog. What is both of your passive perception? My passive perception is sixteen. Checkers is seventeen. Wow. Again, we got a wise group. Yeah. Cass and Val, you guys are, I assume, going up the stairs. It sounded like as Selv was... Selv was going to get checkers in. We'll start the investigation while Selv is gathering the group. Roughly all at the same time, Cass and Val get to the outside of the room, which you see the door is mysteriously ajar. And checkers, Mango, and Selv all, you know, kind of reconvene. And what does that look like, Steve? What do you... How do you... How do you slow down your compatriot? Checkers, I think we have to show our work. We need to start where he was taken from, his room. Oh, his bedroom? You mean that one right there? And I'm going to point up to, I'm assuming it's like a second story window sort of thing. You know, it's very funny that you say that. Because just at that moment... uh, We see him climbing out the window. No, you point up... At the window, and I don't know, has Checkers looked at this window yet? Or did he just like, oh, you mean that? He would probably be like, you mean that one? Because all four of you at roughly the same time see a series of tied bedsheets that, <laughs> uh, that are just billowing out of the window. <laughs> I think I know we could start tracking him. But I wouldn't put it past Arlen to leave another clue in the room, so I think we should look just in case. He is a clever gnome. I wouldn't put anything past him. I would like to search... For clues in Thanos' bedroom. Okay, excellent. Investigation check, please. With help, do I get advantage, or are you just rolling your own? I am trying to if you're, if you're help trying with to your help, investigation. Then you would get advantage. Okay. Well, hold on. We had an, an alternate. Yeah, we had rule an alternate rule. I believe. Are I'm you trying. trained in the, in investigation? I am actually yes. Oh no, I am. I am trained in insight, but not investigation. Mm, then you cannot. I thought the rule or was... Or you have to roll, I believe, right? Is that what it is? I have to... Damn it. ...be proficient in the skill that I'm trying to use to help something, but it does not have to be the same skill. I just have to describe... Mm, oh, yes. Perfect. 
I like that. And God, we're geniuses. That one's better anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so what are you doing? So I'm going to try and use perception. Okay. There are parts of a room that are the same, no matter who you are. You have a desk, you put things in the desk. And so Kaskrin is going to start by searching there while Valeska has those insights and starts searching. I realized I'm really bad at investigating. Oh. <laughs> 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 like the corners of the room or, or, you know, places you wouldn't normally think. Excellent. Well, roll with advantage then. The first one was a three. Yep. Yes, it was. Hey, that's better. 19. Uh, nice. Within, I believe that's an 18 on the die. That's a plus one. Hey, okay. Cool, cool. (laughs) Guys, remember, that's an intelligence skill, and I'm a wise person. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of types of intelligence. You know, there's people intelligence. There's There's apparently snooping around bedrooms intelligence. Yes, exactly. A vital skill. You guys uh, eventually, we'll say, Kaz, you see a floorboard that is a little loose. And you, Val, are able to, he points it out to you, you know, kind of like look around a little bit and then, you know, kind of find the right way to tip it so that it opens, you know, like it was a little bit more complicated than just like lifting it up. And, and you, you guys see a couple of mysterious clues that were Ooh. definitely not planted there. You see a journal that is bound and you see a little bit of sand. Kaskrin, can you identify the sand? Is that something you can do? (laughs) You know, I've never tried, but let's see. And I'm going to take the journal and take a little bit of the sand in between my stony fingers, rub it around a little bit, trying to get a feel for the the texture and the grain. Does it remind me of some place that I might have been? Is it like hot desert sand? Is it like stone crumbling in a ruins sand? Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because we have neglected to say what city you guys have woken up in. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are actually in the city of Arachma, which is the pillar of uh, ancient civilization or has been a pillar of civilization since the ancient times. Uh, For those of you uh, who may be listening or anyone who knows their history uh, it is essentially fantasy Petra. And what Petra was, uh, is anyone who's played any of the Civilization series might know, it was essentially this thriving desert city where it is basically carved out of the mountains. Uh, in fact... Is that the Crescent Moon? The Temple, temple of the, temple the, of the Crescent Moon? moon? Well, it's built into the cliffs? Yeah, yes. isn't that Petra? Yes. Uh, allow Indiana me... Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, everybody. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. It is... Imagine Indiana Jones and the Last All Crusade. All of my history came from those movies. Yep. <laughs> and... I have a picture here for everyone. So it is, and in, in again, for anyone who doesn't feel like Googling right this second, it is literally a whole city that was in the middle of the desert that is essentially carved out of rock and mountain. Um, at least this one, the fantasy uh, Rockma version of it was. So we're in the city? Uh, exactly. Okay. Uh, so You guys woke up in the guild hall, which happens to be inside of the city. Then a journal that has a little bit of sand on it, I don't think will tell us too much because there's sand everywhere. In a lot of places. They usually keep this place pretty spick and span. Uh, um, unless it's like the, the sand that you use to dry stuff after you write. Is that a thing? Yeah. When, so, when quick history note, when you would write with a quill, <laughs> you would sprinkle sand over it to help it dry fast. Okay. I didn't even know that. Thank you. Shakespeare in love. Yeah. <laughs> Again, movies. Valeska, I'm clearly too dumb to process this clue. I'll hand you the journal back. Okay. Valeska will read the journal. 
The, she'll start the last page is to not be too invasive to his privacy. Very respectful of you. And it's a good thing you did because the last page was an entry dated last night. And in it, it says, Ah, oh, I've been kidnapped. Well, why would he take the time to write that out? <laughs> it says, Ah, someone is coming to get me through my window. I can hear it. I hope they don't take me into the desert. Period. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, he's been taken. Into taken. the desert. Or I guess we're doing jazz hands for quotation marks. <laughs> Valeska will look at the dirt and say, Cass, I know we are surrounded by sand, but I feel this is a planted clue. So can you take a look and see if you can identify if it's a particular type of sand? There are, are a few different variations depending on where you were be in the city uh sophie says as a complete guess or or the direction outside of the city or whatever yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. i believe as a dwarf i actually get some advantage to identify stone does that translate into identifying like rocks or sand or being able to potentially tell, maybe double check to see what that is what are the other two of you doing mr Selve, mr checkers and mr mangos so Checkers would probably, you know, after pointing at the the window with the bed sheet, and go, huh, was that there yesterday? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Crack detectives. <laughs> Self will, will kind of walk slowly over to the base of the building where the bed sheets are hanging down and just kind of look around for any kind of tracks, different types of tracks, anything that looks like it might be half elven or something else. And how many sets there are to determine how many people maybe were around here. Perfect. Yeah, please. Uh, and either of you can roll a, sir, I believe that would be a survival check, I assume. Survival. Uh, to see what kind of tracks there may be. How good are you at that? Would you like me to aid you or do you want to aid me? Checkers is pretty good at survival, but he probably wouldn't be looking at the tracks right now. Okay. Um, what he would be doing is he would probably hear the voices of Cass and Val coming out of, I'm assuming, the open bedroom window. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Well, <laughs> Conspicuously yeah, open. Yeah. Checkers is going to sort of stand next to the set of bed sheets and leap up to the second story. Hey, guys. Yes. What you doing? So we found che- something out here. Checkers has a, uh, <laughs> as a frog, he has a standing leap ability. He has mm-hmm. a 10 foot tall high jump with or without a running start. So he's just going to stand underneath the bedroom window and then just leap up 10 feet and to put his uh, sticky fingers on the windowsill and presumably see Cass and Val inside the room and go, hey guys, what's going on in here? Ah! <laughs> Checkers, I keep forgetting you can do that. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to did, did roll survival. Him? Yes. Did you find Xanos in here? Nine total. No, you actually do not see. I mean, you guys are actually at a, a busy enough street, uh, and it is late enough in the morning that it's probably, you know, a lot of those tracks could be hard to, to track down. Uh, unfortunately, Checkers, we did not find Thanos here, but we did find his journal stating that he has indeed been taken and that they came for him in the night with this little bit of sand that Cascarin has. I don't know why I'm pulling it out of my palm. I don't have it. <laughs> so as There's a dwarf, sand to go around. I have proficiency in identifying the origin of stonework. Mm. Stone cunning. Does not allow No. If it was like a cool sand mandala or whatever, then you could be like, ah. Ah, that's neat. Yep. Yes. I know where that came from, from. This is the fourth century style. Yes. Excellent. But if it's just a bit of sand, uh, sorry, Val. We're out of luck. 
Well, we can still roll. For yeah, it. I will. I will still try, but I just absolutely. Have, I'm gonna. You know, I take the sand. You know, you know. I will mess around with. I shall a aid bit. you uh, with my knowledge as, of history. As, as someone who uh, majored in geology, you really do need to taste it <laughs> <laughs> to to get the grain size. Is it a insight or? What kind of role would it be? Uh, well, that's a great... It's not Definitely not insight. <laughs> okay. Because you're not reading the emotions or intentions of the sand. Probably a nature, but I would hear some other things. I was going to try to assist him with history, knowing kind of the map and the overall areas of the city and maybe where some have like maybe recently been excavated. Cool. Or like have tunnels that might have different sand. I'm going to take some of the sand bits up to the light by the window and see if there's any odd colorations, you know, maybe something that shows up in the sand grains. Cool. Great. I'm going to try to use perception. Okay. Do I have advantage on that? Yes. I think. Well, I don't know. <laughs> how, did Actually, that first, how did that first roll Nathan. go? <laughs> Three and then a natural 20. Hey! Ooh. So, uh, so yes, actually, you actually realize that these bits of sand... I'm trying to figure out if this is an okay way of describing it. And uh, Steve, just don't look at me as the you know geology person. Just like look off into a corner or something. I just I can't deal with it right now. Steve is the point. But this sand is actually ex- incredibly fine, and therefore, <laughs> therefore probably pretty worn um, and potentially worn down by water that you might find in near the oasis, which is also where the you know a town bazaar and a lot of center of activities are. Okay. So he is most likely somewhere with a lot of foot traffic. I would say the oasis, perhaps bizarre. The sand is very fine. It looks like it's been crushed underfoot, you know, any number of times. So we're probably looking for... Or worn down by water. Or or worn down by water. Yeah. So it looks like we're going someplace with a bit of water. All right. Checkers, you hear that? We're going to the oasis. Oh, that sounds like fun. And then Checkers just like drops down. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys exit here, or, or exit the guild hall, and it is opened up into this beautiful, beautiful city. You're going through, and again, this whole place, it's bright, it's sunny, it's hot, and it is packed with people. And everywhere you look is incredibly carved buildings. Like, even if they are not out of the rock wall, they are beautifully stonemasoned work. Uh, and again, you know, and you see on all around you kind of uh, messing up what would be a very lovely horizon are just huge mountains all around you. Uh, as you approach the oasis, you guys first kind of hear a, the hum of activity and of civilization and of people haggling and bartering. You start to smell the early morning scent of cooked street meat. <laughs> Everyone's favorite kind of meat. It is very soon that you guys manage to see where all the din is coming from. And you find yourself again at the wonderful oasis of Rachma. What do you do? Well, we should probably go uh, straight to the water because that's where the sand was from. Agreed. Do we know what Xanos might be wearing or what he typically dresses like? Yes. Um, we said hmm. it was a mage of some kind, right? A conjurer. conjurer. Yes, a conjurer. Well, Jonathan, what do you think he's wearing? Probably in, in this heat, probably like some white robes mm-hmm. um, with a, a large head covering. I mean, it probably wouldn't be that 
different from others in this area, but maybe with a bit more embellishment. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I ask is because Checkers is going to take to the high ground and maybe climb along some of the walls or jump across some of the um, the stalls to try and see if maybe Xano stands out in the crowd. Excellent. Would you like to give me a perception roll? I would love to. That's going to be... Oh, perception is 17. Ooh, Oy. wow. And then where are, and you're looking kind of all around the watery area, sticking with everyone, or are you going a different direction? I'll stick with everyone. This is mostly just like, I might climb up to a, a high place, give it a quick look, and then you know jump along the, the rooftops uh, while the rest of the group is moving towards the water, just to see if I can maybe spot someone that reminds me of Xanos. Well, I have good news and bad news for you. The bad news is you do not see anyone that looks like Xanos, uh, at least, you know, after a little bit of looking. But also after only a little bit of looking, you do see someone that you recognize, or at least you think you recognize, in that you're pretty sure you see Arlen Brushbarrel standing at a cart, selling wares, and uh, haggling with someone who looks suspiciously like Ellie and Renfall. So at that, I'll jump back down to the rest of the group and say... Hey, I don't know how he beat us here, but uh, I think Arlen's here. And Elian's here, too? They look like they're buying and selling something from each other. It's real weird looking. Probably have to talk to them about clues. Uh... Yeah, maybe it's like a checkpoint thing. We did spend some time searching the room, so that might have given them a head start. They could also just be here to see how we do. Keep an eye on us, yeah. Yeah. Do they? Are they looking our direction? Have they spotted us? I, hmm, I'm going to roll a D100. They have not spotted you, actually. You're, at least you believe they haven't. I would suggest we go forward and try to find Xanos without them. My thought is that they are here to grade us. Or provide help if we get stuck. Yeah. Maybe we see how far we can get on our own. Right, and then if we do get stuck, we can go to them and get assistance checkers does that sound good to you seems fine to me okay so uh valeska will continue making her way towards the water excellent what's everyone's approach are we uh, trying to avoid them not trying to but not going up and talking to them right they're just one of many merchants in this area we have no reason to talk to them cool checkers is back up on the rooftops then So you guys start making your way that direction and you find yourselves at the water's edge. You see, again, beautiful, unnaturally clear water that seems to be bubbling up from somewhere deep under the earth. Even in all of the sunlight, you can't really see how deep it goes. Like that blue hole. Yeah, the blue hole kind of thing. That's kind of the vibe where it's beautiful. It's perfectly clear water. Again, you guys know the very famous story behind this. It's like legendary in this part of the world. But also looking at it is not... It make would make Nathan the Dungeon Master quite squeamish. Kaskrin standing about 15 feet away from the water bed. <laughs> And we'll not get any closer. So what does everyone want to do? Mango just jumps straight towards the water and just kind of finds a spot that's shallow enough where he could kind of like sink into it a little bit. <laughs> and just kind of just, scoot just down. Just the eyes above yeah, the water. You just see his eyes and like maybe his the back and the, the barrel of water just sort of peeking out above the water. But And then also because it's clear water, you see the rest of Mango right, underneath yeah. it. But he's just, he's just like settling into the sand and then just doesn't, doesn't move from there. <laughs> and 
We'll say that there are a bunch of other, there are uh, a lot of kids who are also in this. I was just about to ask, is it like like the, I'm totally blanking on that river in India, the Ganges, where it's like sacred, but everyone still like washes everything. Yeah, it. exactly. And, and it is, you would know that it is magically pure. And this magic actually lasted through all of the like different waning and waxings of magic. And it is apparently, I won't say so magical, but the right a kind of magical that it is magically pure. Again, people aren't like dumping trash in it, but there are kids swimming in it. Right next to them is someone who is scooping out like water to drink from. So it's like a community pool and a bazaar and a water source and all that kind of all wrapped into one. Are there any old men relaxing on a bench oh yeah like i will say there's a group of old men in a, of a variety of different races okay. uh, and again especially rachma because of how huge of a trading place it was everyone and anyone like you guys haven't you guys are a relatively weird looking group at least some of you no one cares they see in everything so yeah there's like five old guys who are just like wearing all white and soaking their feet and just chatting I'm going to start heading towards them, like if they look like they've been comfortable and here for a while. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They they get up very early and they've been here for some time. Perfect. Valeska will just be just kind of scanning the the area to see if she sees Xanos or also something kind of off, like... There's a group of kids like gawking at something like, oh, hey, what's that weird thing happening right mm-hmm. now? Uh, Self, what are you doing? I'm going to keep a lookout for, I know it's going to be weird, but any kind of pieces of bed sheets that were like laid strewn <laughs> about or, or something. A little trail of bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, uh, it looks like, you know, uh, in Self's mind, they, they want us to pass this test. So they're going to leave clues and some of them for instance the rope of sheets leading out the the window kind of obvious he's looking for stuff that's not exactly subtle that would point to okay this is the direction we're supposed to go first i am going to have val and checkers make me perception checks Uh, absolutely checkers has an 11 so Checkers is a little bit too preoccupied with Mango right now, just to be like, Mango, what are you doing? You can't, you can't sit there. And Mango's just like, no, I'm sitting here. <laughs> uh, Valeska has a 13. You do actually see some kids who are playing in the water, but they are, the, the reason that you notice them isn't just that they are kids and playing in the water and screaming and having a great time, but you realize that it looks like there's something in the water that is swimming around and again they're like chasing it and it's chasing them and it seems all very genial um you know no one's like screaming in danger there's not suddenly a jaws moment where like blood froths up at the uh, at the top of this but it does strike you as kind of like oh that's something that's weird checkers do you see that those creepy kids well now that you mention it yeah that is where did that come from is it like a fish or something side question Mm -hmm. Does this magical pool have uh, an ecosystem? Uh, it actually does not. Okay. It is completely free of animals. Okay. And it's kind of a good thing and a bad thing, but it... No, fi- no fishing, but also no fish poop. 
actually, I changed my mind. There would be. That seems cool. That seems cooler. But also, they're not like, let's go up and like hang out right, with the people like things. Right, they're like normal fish that would it's be still like, weird. Yes. I'm going to run away when I see a person. Exactly. Okay. So, Valeska will try to get Salva and Cass's attention, probably after they finish up doing what they're doing, and then like motion to head over to the kids. Excellent. Cass, you approach yeah. the old men. Hey, fellas, don't get up on my account. I kind of sit by the water, you know, maybe soak one of my feet in the pool with them and just try to relax as they're, I assume, you know, looking at me. If it's all right with you, just got a quick question. I'm looking for a friend. Yeah, a, an older dwarf man actually kind of leans back a little bit and uh, he just gives a big, uh, uh, mm. uh, yeah, what's, uh, what are you looking for? Or who or when? Have you guys seen a half-elf man pass by here maybe a couple hours ago? 20 years, human face. Coo, coo, maybe has a symbol of the golden tree. I'm maybe has a symbol of the golden tree. We need to change it to a sound I can actually make. <laughs> can I see your character sheet? Yes. Oh, that's never yes, a good sign. he rips it in yeah. <laughs> Maybe has some sort of insignia or emblem of the golden tree. A little embroidery, a little fancy man. And he might have been twirling his mustache thusly. (laughs) (laughs) You get the sense that he is about to say something, and then he stops himself. Um, I'm not sure. I see a lot of people. And he looks at at the other other old men who are next to him. Do they have the same sort of expression, just stony-faced? Roll me an insight check. Are you asking if the dwarf is stony-faced? Yes, I am. Twelve. They all are looking at you that way, but you also realize they all snapped into that. They were going to help, but then like, oh, no, no, yes. I mean, if you didn't, that's fine. I'll be on my way. You know, no harm done. But it would really help a dwarf out if you could let me know. I'm going to try to persuade Roll me a persuasion check. Are you going to sweeten the pot? I'm going to start with persuasion. I don't really want to bring coin into this. <laughs> into fun. this gentleman's yeah. agreement. Yeah, yes. you know, we're all having a good time. We're you don't, by you the don't water. want to buy your way into the guild. Right. 12 on the die. So that is 18 persuasion. Ooh. Dang. Uh, give me another d20 roll. Eight. This time you can see he has this again. It goes from this kind of stony exterior. Uh, and you see his eyes flick to the side a little bit just for a moment as if he's looking at something behind you and then he says all right so maybe i did maybe i saw a young young person uh who was being escorted by a couple rough types uh, a little earlier this morning when we had just finished our 5 30 a.m blue pa- blue blue plate breakfast special what are you no i i'm trying to uh down at the you know whatever tavern it's like oh yeah that special's great (laughs) (laughs) he also knows it yeah trying to trying to you know getting in with these guys down at the oasis diner yeah the oasis diner (laughs) couldn't come up with the name i love i love the spam spam Uh, eggs and spam that doesn't have very much spam in it he uh he 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 says um i think those uh kids over there got a talking to from that uh group of ruffians you know, dwarf to dwarf. I'll help you. All right. I appreciate it. And I, I, I bump his his, uh, his fist with my own. Talk to the kids? 
let's all go talk to the kids. All right. All right. And then he, uh, you know, just like puts a hand up to the other four very seriously and then gets up and uh, sloshes out of the pool <laughs> or out of the uh, Wraps out of the oasis. around him. Yeah, exactly. He and you uh, meet Val and wow, there's so many names. Val and Mango and Checkers. Uh, I'll just say all of you guys all at the same time. Okay. It'll be fine. Self, could you roll me a perception check? I would be happy to. That's going to be 13. Excellent. As this all was going on, you saw Arlen in the background giving nods and shaking his head as this old dwarf man was talking to Cass. Ah, okay. The three of you find yourself over next to the children. And they are kind of screaming and having a good time. And you see, it looks like there's some sort of fast-moving fish that's just flitting between all of them. And they pay no attention to you until the older dwarf man kind of clears his throat and says, Why don't you get over here? And you see a little dwarf toddler trundle over. Oh, hello, young sir. I was hoping you could help me find this gentleman. And Valeska will put a finger to her forehead and this blue ribbon trails from her finger between her finger and her temple. And it's the same blue that her pajamas were. (laughs) Uh, And she kind of twirls her hand and presents it to the dwarf child. And she holds out her hand for him to take it. He immediately, his eyes go super wide. And he like looks at you, looks at the thing, looks at you, and like I looks over at the him. old dwarf, looks at the cool, grumpy, weird looking frog, <laughs> and then looks back. You should take and then it. Like, it's cool. Slowly, is <laughs> 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 borderline on. Enjoy this candy, young child. Depending on depending on how old that dwarf child is, you know that's going straight into his mouth. <laughs> that's true. But also, he's a dwarf child, so he might be you know twenty three years old at this point. So he takes it. And I assume it is a, re- a recreation of the half-elf you're looking for? Yeah, so this is the cantrip in code thought. I can pull a memory idea or message from your mind and transform it into a tangible string of glowing energy called a thought strand. Yeah, so it can be held or carried like a ribbon. So yeah, he like, has, he like holds it between his like two little uh, fingers and it's kind of blowing a little bit. That's awesome. Yeah, and then he'd be able to see Xanos. That's super cool. (laughs) Roll me a persuasion check with advantage. And and I'll also say the dwarf the older dwarf man who you won over to your side, you see him nod to the little kid and kind of give him a wink. Yes, give me a roll with advantage, please. All right. It's just so silly, but so fun. (laughs) Oh no, that was not very good. That's a seven. Oh no. A seven total? I am not very charismatic as a cleric. (laughs) Glad you were the one to do it then. And the little kid... Uh, sand in your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here, weird like, lady. Looks at you a little weird and is just like, can I keep this? Yes. I don't know how long it lasts, actually. Absolutely. Can I, can I go back? The weird fish thing, it's over there. And he looks back. And just as that happens, the fish seems like it is vanished. And all the kids are like, oh, man. And they like, dejectedly kick the water and you know kind of like all wait around for a second to see if it comes back and then they all like disperse to go cause mischief elsewhere and he's like oh but you made me miss the fish 
I'm so sorry. And I will hand him another thought strand of... Does the other one go away? <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> but this one is Valeska just imagining like the craziest fish she can. And it's giant and it's like... Is it a scary fish? No, it's like a, it's like a fun, like super flowy goldfish but that's like leaping in and out of the waters of the oasis. She's imagining this and handing him the thought strand of this. He like lets go essentially without actually letting go because it's a nonsense memory <laughs> fantasy make-believe thing. And he takes the other one and is just like, this is better. <laughs> I like this one. And he kind of like starts, it looks like he's going to trundle off staring at this this is the coolest spell i've ever seen <laughs> i might be like i don't know if it actually does this i think it does doesn't matter it's awesome uh, checkers is i mean checkers has probably seen you do this before honestly yeah. so he's probably not enthralled by it but he would notice the fish having gone away and would head over to investigate once all the children have cleared off sure uh anyone what's everyone else doing anything Selva still was looking around for the any kind of ribbons or uh Bed sheets or what have you. Okay, uh, yeah. Cascarin is staying in the shallows. If it looks like the rest of the party are are kind of congregating in a certain area, because you know that he knows that they kind of went off to investigate stuff. But if they're all getting into a certain area, they'll walk back over there. We'll do checkers. Give me a perception check. All right, and is this or nature check or what do you want to do? What are you looking for? So you tell me what you want to do. Absolutely. So what I was hoping to do originally was to see if the fish was still here, if I could talk to it. Oh yeah. Given that it's not here, or at least I don't see it, I might take a look and see. It couldn't have just disappeared, ideally. So did I see it swim off into you know further into the oasis, or? Would it have left behind any scales or mm-hmm. anything that I might be able to see? Yeah, that seems maybe like a nature check or a perception check. Do you have a what? Do you have a, a skill that you're you're vying for? I'd like to do perception, if only because I have no idea what this thing is to begin with. No, I think that I think that makes sense, especially based off of the way you were describing it. That you were looking specifically for like trace, you know, like looking to see what happened, mm-hmm. and that'll be a fifteen for perception. It actually does seem like it disappeared. Again, you can see, again, it, these are very clear waters. So, you know, they're, even the sand, you know, is still dusted up. But you realize that being someone who is very aquatically attuned and all that stuff, you didn't see it go anywhere. You could even kind of kick around into the dirt a little bit and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'll dig his toes into the sand and be like, hmm? see yeah. if it scares anything up. It seems like maybe it was just gone. Like disappeared entirely so checkers is going to relay this to the rest of the party but then also just starting to piece this together a little bit xanos was specialized in conjuration correct yep that's my thought val's picking up what i'm putting down hey val wasn't that a xanos fellow one of those conjuration wizards indeed he was well that the fish we just saw just vanished disappeared and i don't see any trace of it normal fish don't do that trust me uh, they don't just... I trust you in this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't just uh, vanish without a trace. So uh, you think he might have been here? This is a long shot. Would Val be able to, like, thinking about it and knowing he was a conjuration wizard, be able to identify the spell or, like, have an idea of the spell he would use to know, like, how close he would have to be? Yeah. Give me an arcana check. Okay. 
Steve, are you still waiting to do a check? I don't remember. Did you do, do your bed sheet check yet? Uh, I, I did not, but I'm headed back to the group anyway. Okay. So it's okay. Go ahead. 15. Yes. So he is a fairly specialized but skilled at what he does. And you, just based off of what you know about magic and having seen him do his thing, you don't get the sense that he needs to be specifically close. Definitely would have had to have been here. Mm Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, you realize that if it just disappeared, you don't know whether the duration of the spell ended or if he lost concentration. And with that, we'll end tonight's episode. Bum, bum, bum. I don't know. You guys are looking at fishes and stuff. (laughs) Thanks for coming. Thanks for playing, everybody. That was a lovely time. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Yay! Oh no, Xanos might have gotten punched in the face!